Good afternoon, good evening, or whatever time it is for you, dear listener. We are Nerds of the Old Republic. I'm Adam. I'm Sean. <laughs> and I'm Mike. That's Sean, ASMR, Sean. That's mouthful, mouthful of sushi. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Mike. Sorry. <laughs> hey, my pleasure, man. Yep. And we are Nerds of the Old Republic, like I said. We are diving into the last three of our Tarantino Ouvre? Am I using that word correctly? Alvry. 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 Where we discuss the gourlami of Tarantino's work. And uh, if you don't know what we're joking about, just go back and listen to the previous casts. You'll find out. It's fantastic. But tonight we are talking about Django Unchained. And before we dive into that, if you've never listened, we do start with a signature beverage. And as you can hear, some signature snacks as I'm about to chew on some things too. (laughs) But uh, I'll let Sean, since he picked the beverage for tonight, uh, discuss what we're drinking. I hope you all thoroughly enjoy the pita chip cracks in the back because they are delicious. (laughs) And every time you hear one of those chips break, just think, that tastes good. You know, they say that that's a sign of, of being unprofessional in an amateur podcast is if you chew on the microphone, but I think that's what we are, so yeah. mm-hmm. you'll get used to it. And I think uh, we said in a previous cast, we don't mind that hate listening. We welcome it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think everyone, well, isn't the intention you're supposed to strap on a feed bag and a, and a drinking glass with us <laughs> as you listen? So, I mean, you should be crunching and, and sipping, that, too. That's right, that's right. The, the books and the movies are nice, but that's really what we're here for, yeah. is the oh, booze for and, sure. the, and the vittles. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, tonight we are drinking uh, a drink that is actually inspired by the final film in our trilogy tonight. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, there's a very uh, awesome scene, I would say. It's probably the best word I can come up with, where Leonardo DiCaprio (laughs) is having a moment with his uh, frozen margaritas. (laughs) And uh, so we're having margaritas, although ours are not frozen. Ours are just a cocktail poured over ice in a glass with some sea salt, lime, classic margarita recipe. And we are using Micampo Tequila, which has an awesome piece of Aztec art. It looks like a the heart of an enemy that has oh, been yeah. sacrificed to Quetzalcoatl. That is cool. I it, get that tattooed on my chest. That is pretty badass. Yeah. I have to say, Micampo, nice job with the bottle art. It won some kind of an award, which attracted me to it. It mm-hmm. is Blanco Tequila, which I am not a margarita guy, so I don't know if it's supposed to be Blanco or gold. But we're going with um, white. It's off-white, I guess. It's made in Jalisco, Mexico, which I have been to. Ooh. The uh, province of Jalisco is, uh, the state of Jalisco is where Puerto Vallarta is on the west coast of Mexico, which is actually a pretty hip town. They filmed the Predator there. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's legit Mexican tequila, so it doesn't say anything else on there. Looks cool. Mm-hmm. It's drinkable. Oh, rested in wine barrels. Oh, Interesting. Nice. Rested nice. in wine barrels. So, gentlemen... Let's drink. All cheers. Right, cheers. Cheers. 
You know, you mentioned that these are not frozen like uh, DiCaprio's are in the movie, but I I vastly prefer them this way. Unless it is 97 degrees out and I'm sitting by water, I do not need a frozen margarita. That was what went through my mind as I was about to get my blender. I thought, it's December 1st in (laughs) Western New York. It's cold and just... I'm not thinking icy drink. And then when you drink those, the slush stuff just blasts you in the face oh, as you're yeah. trying to control yeah, right. it. Here's like a snowball. And I'm like, I don't you tip that. tip that glass just a little bit further and the whole thing right. just, uh, yeah. yeah. So this is the first margarita I've ever made. That wasn't no from a, That wasn't from a mix that I just poured alcohol into and then blended. So I don't know if you guys, what you think. Damn. Or, I think this is outstanding. Me too. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I, you know, I can keep them coming. So I was right. going to say, we might have to pause recording two or three times here. This is this is <laughs> excellent. So. It'll be my pleasure. we got a couple movies to talk about, so we can we take do. our time here. Absolutely, yeah. we got we got plenty of evening ahead of us here. <laughs> yep. Yes, sir. Yeah, no. Uh, frozen beverages only made me think of, like, my um, honeymoon in Jamaica, and the only reason why frozen beverages were okay is because it was Jamaica. Right. Otherwise, there you go. it's like, no. On a Absolutely. beach, somewhere in the Caribbean, mm-hmm. then you cannot go wrong with a frozen yeah. beverage. And they're usually endless. That's so. right. Yeah. Also or in a, a dead-end cul-de-sac in 1969 Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> we all had that same experience? That's weird. With the Manson family <laughs> hanging out? Yeah, I just pulled up there in my uh, beat-ass hunk of shit car and, you know, paused it right in the middle of the uh, the cul-de-sac and Get got sh- screamed at by the locals. <laughs> <laughs> Chewed out by a fading star. <laughs> It sounds like we really want to get to Once Upon a Time. Oh, I can't oh, man. wait. I can't I wait. <laughs> All right. That's so, going to be a good episode. Yeah, yeah. Stay tuned. We are going to start with Django, though, which um, is no slouch itself. No. Mm-hmm. Hell no. no. So um, start with our first uh, impressions of it or our first experiences with it. This was my first experience. I hadn't seen it before. Like, I had vaguely heard of it. I know it was 2012. And in 2012, I was busy in actually joining you folks at our current occupation. Oh, that man. was the year I joined. Wow, it's been that long. Yeah, it's been. Thanks. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. It's been that long. Yeah, so uh, I was a little, little busy. I had a, a brand new son. Um, Same here. Tw- to yeah. 2011, my uh, son was born. So not much was happening around that time for me. I actually did get down to the theater to see this one. I don't know how now. I'm thinking it must have been a small miracle with two small kids at home. And I, you know, though my wife's not a huge Tarantino fan, so I probably mm-hmm. went with somebody else to see it, and or sat by myself in the theater like a creep. <laughs> well, was it you or Mike that said you took your wife or you forced your wife to go to see Death Proof? And well, uh, uh, it was uh, yeah, it was me. That's why she's. Did not you do fan. it? Well, did you do I, it not not Death Proof, but um, she went with me to see Inglorious Bastards and uh. also Django Unchained. Okay. And, uh, uh. She was a really good sport about both. We were living in Charlotte, uh, so, you know, I, I had a lot of friends down there, but they were more casual friends, not the type of mm-hmm. friends where you're like, let's go watch a movie. Yeah. So yeah. so she, it fell to her. That was her responsibility. She was a super good sport. Uh, did not like either movie, but mm. uh, pretended to and talked about it with me. That's the mark of a good so, match right there. Absolutely. Yep. I'm, I'm a lucky man. <laughs> I, uh, I was funny because I was watching Django um, again to refresh myself last week, and my wife joined me for some of it because she wanted to hang out. And I'm like, well, i got to watch this movie. And she's like, yeah, it's fine. So she's on her phone. And then I noticed slowly creeping up to watch the, the movie. And then when they got to the part with the uh, the clan dudes in the, in the raid there, 
like just dying laughing, like <laughs> loving it. Like, see, it worked. You got it. You're enjoying it. She's like, yeah, it's not bad. I can't see fucking <laughs> shit out of these things. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> we're, we're going to spend at least five minutes on that. <laughs> okay. Right so there. We should take it back to the, uh, back yeah. the beginning then. Yeah. So, um, Mike, do you want to share your first impressions? And then we'll yeah. Take it back uh, to the so I talked in a previous cast or a couple of previous casts about how there was that whole decade long period where I was like a little less impressed with Tarantino. Uh, how I've, I came to appreciate later on Kill Bill, but didn't love them when they were, you know, current. And then Death Proof, I was just like, what is this shit? You know, mm, I, was, yeah. I, I liked Rodriguez's half of that, not Tarantino's half. And so between Jackie Brown and Inglorious Bastards, a decade or more had passed. Um, Inglorious Bastards brought Tarantino right back to the forefront for me. Favorite director again. Um, and Django just doubled down on that. I, I remember walking out of that movie with a dumb grin on my face. Yeah. I was like, this is the best shit ever. <laughs> I a loved it. Very similar experience. Like, same kind of, like, up and down roller coaster yeah. with Tarantino, but been hearing the good vibes about the movie when it came out, and being like, all right, let's give it a shot. And it's being like, this was amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, so cast again over, right? We're done. We all said Yep, those are our recommendations. There Watch it. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, no. It's too late. <laughs> the cast contrarian says no. Forever. Yeah. Uh, it, I don't know where I was going with that, but that's fine. This was interesting to me because it marks the beginning. This is where I was going with it. Mm. It marks the beginning of his sort of like revisionist history take on things and starting to look at like, you know, we saw that with Inglorious mm -hmm. and then Django just kind of doubles down on it. Like, you know what? There's a lot of wrongs in American past, especially American history and in world history. And he's just like, fuck it. I'm just going to do something about it and film and make people feel good. Right. And I yep. love it. I love it. I love the fact that he's not afraid to go back to history and say, this sucks. Let's do an alternate version. Right. And give the people what they want. It's a, exactly. That. It's a little mm -hmm. bit of pandering, but it's not dumb pandering, right? right. It's, it's like winking at the audience like, this is, wouldn't, have this, wouldn't this have been better? It's like smart pandering, right. you know, mm -hmm. and, I, and I, I enjoy it very much. No, just seeing slave owners and, and just horrible people getting their asses handed to them and just destroyed by a former slave. Right. And, Set oh. to Tupac rapping a verse over an old James Brown song. Right. Oh my gosh. You know? we, there's a, there's even more to talk about. Like, we've talked about his music, but we, we'll get to that yeah. too. Yep. Uh, so if you haven't seen it yet, first of all, I guess it's too late if you're like Sean, but I won't tell, <laughs> him, I won't tell him that you watched it if you go back and see it. Um, but so Django is a freed slave who assists the uh, German bounty hunter. I fucking love this oh. premise. <laughs> All of this yes. premise is glorious. And uh, Django is essentially on a quest once he's freed to uh, get his wife who has been uh, stolen and then resold um, separate from Django because they were runaways. And uh, it's it's a revenge plot. Essentially, with yeah. a little bit of uh, you know Ronin traveling thrown mm -hmm. in, and some training montages here or there of yeah. shooting the the glass dick off a snowman. Right. Um, Set to another great awesome. song. Oh, it's uh, Jim Croce's "I Got a Name." Yep. Yep. So uh, it's got a little bit of all the Tarantino's in it. It's got the revenge plot. It's got the uh, sort of heisty feel mm -hmm. at moments. Yes. Yeah. It has a sort of nonlinear narrative with more flashbacks mm -hmm. in it. Got the um, Western aspects that he likes to work into things, too. Mm -hmm. Yes. Especially, yes. obviously. Well, yeah. But yeah. then, um, as we mentioned, too, a lot of the shots are um, much larger to fit the spaghetti Western genre. Yep. Um, and I guess that's where we're started from there. Do you guys kind of want to take it piece by piece and chronologically? Yeah, let's go, go? through it. Because I, I feel like if we deal with it like Tarantino normally deals with it, we might miss something really <laughs> End interesting. End up all over. This yeah. is one of his more chronological pieces, though. I think yeah. he's yeah. got some flashbacks to things, but for the most that's part, the story proceeds 
Uh, not like chapter. Oh, there are chapters. Right. But it's not like uh, you got to like try to figure it out in your head when it's over. Was this one filmed in 70 millimeter? Because I know Hateful Eight was. I don't know. You know, I was listening and reading some other things. I thought it was 35. Okay. But maybe I'm remembering the aspect ratio. and yeah. He did that 70 millimeter something. thing for the ultra wide, like big screen effect for Hateful Eight. And I don't know if that was something he just tried it with that or if it had been done on Django. But I actually wanted to, you mentioned the German bounty hunter. And mm-hmm. I think as badass and as fantastic as Jamie Foxx is, like he really is incredible in this role. And I want to see like Django too, just to see him do it again. Mm-hmm. Right. But Christoph Waltz, my God. What a fucking yep. performance! Yes. Like did he, he was, he had Oscar. to have been nominated. Did, he, an, did he win he it for got that? An Oscar. Thank God. Yeah, that was the one of the greatest performances yeah. I've ever seen on film ever. And he yeah. was amazing and inglorious. Yes, this mm-hmm. was outstanding. Oh, this, this is his movie. Oh, you know, yeah. It, yeah. that's the one you know thing you hate to see. As cool as that scene is that I was saying before with Tupac and mm-hmm. Django mm-hmm. shooting everybody, it sucks that it happens because Chris Christoph Waltz gets shot. You know, like yeah. you, you hate to see him go out of the movie. He's just so damn good. But it was, I love the way it happened, though, too. I know we're jumping a little bit ahead. But right. About two hours yeah. and 90 you minutes. You really yeah. want me to shake your hand? Oh, my God. His, <laughs> his whole arc is just beautiful. Yeah. And he goes out kind of like he comes in. It's just this quick, like, it just happens. Yep. But Django gets that great moment with him, too. And I know we'll talk more about it. So it's yeah. like he does have a closed, almost like Obi-Wan kind of, like, arc in this in a way oh that's interesting sure yeah because yeah. he, he kind of like passes on his jedi yeah. training to Django. on right. a land speeder he's yeah. the, the, the wizard he's figure the older guiding yeah yeah with, yeah. The, with the tooth on a uh, on a spring which was <laughs> oh fantastic yeah, yeah. Oh, i so love that tooth <laughs> he comes riding in on that carriage with yep. this tooth that has to be the size of i don't even know what a dehumidifier <laughs> the watermelon the watermelon, the big watermelon yeah or? right and uh so you get this this shot at night of the um unfortunate slaves being marched to their next sale um by the um the slave wranglers overseers and they're marching through the desert and all of a sudden that carriage pulls up and you just kind of know shit's gonna go down even if you don't know the story because the the slave handlers draw their firearms right away Right, right Um, I, Who's that out there stumbling yeah, around in a no. dark state? Your business or prepare to get winged. Yeah. Oh, per, yeah, get winged. Like the dialogue, I feel like is so good in this movie. Where sometimes, like I know we talk about Tarantino having those digressions, but sometimes it yeah. is a little like stilted to me. Right. So like, yeah. you know, this one was pretty straight though. There wasn't a yeah. whole lot of that going on. Right. Yeah. And and when when he indulges that. Uh, it works great. I mean, yeah. there's there's uh, a few scenes that we'll talk about, so I, I guess I won't say them now. But you know, there's a few times where the dialogue is the co- the cool thing about the scene. Yeah, it's very plot driven for a Tarantino movie, though. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. It, is it Christoph Waltz's first lines like the same thing he says every time? He's like, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. He's like, calm yeah. yourself, gentlemen. And he greets yeah. the slaves, and he's like, you know, hello, you poor devils. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's it's a really cool scene, and and just like his character, and uh, he's a very different character in many ways to Inglorious Bastards, but similar in the sense that Christoph Waltz is so good at being like totally goofy and disarming, yes. while mm-hmm. also being totally dangerous and deadly. Yeah. and yeah. he is in that scene. Like he's goofy. He's like you know this like German guy driving the tooth carriage, yeah. and you know hello you poor devils, and like he's so verbose against these like very stoic Southern Ooh, guys. Yeah. 
yeah. and yet at the same time they never stand a chance he's like no. you know they're uh what do they at, at one point they're like threatening to shoot him and he's like very well if you insist and he just slaughters all yeah. of them you know it's that that tight exposition too like this is just like filmmaking 101 mm -hmm. we get our title character we know everything we need to know about him in the first five minutes we get this guy who's the wizard character whatever his right. like his mentor we know everything we need to know about him by the time that scene is over and it's like, that's it. That's all you needed. We don't need anything else. We don't need to know where exactly Christoph Waltz's character is from. Yeah. We don't know mm -hmm. why he's a dentist and a bounty hunter. Like, it doesn't matter. Right. All nope. that matters is exactly what we're given in that moment. And it's incredible. It's mm -hmm. absolutely right. Plot, fantastic. character, setting, themes, all established in that opening, what, eight, six minutes, something like that. Mm -hmm. yep. yeah. And yet still done in a surprising way. Yes. Like, I knew that Christoph Waltz was going to shoot the, the bounty hunters no matter what, even though I hadn't seen it. But when that gun went off yeah. Oh, yeah. and blew the top off of that guy's head <laughs> in a very Inglorious Bastards-esque way, yeah. yep. I knew I was in for a treat. Right. Like, that's where I was. And then to shoot the horse so oh, the man is locked yeah. under the horse. Right. That's oh, my God. And then, and then he, then he uh, oh, yeah, and then he uh, frees the slaves uh -huh. and he advises them, you know, and yes. uh, they so they slowly walk over and that guy's pinned under the horse like, now, wait a minute, let's yeah. talk about this. Yes. What you got to do in this kind of situation <laughs> is keep a cool head. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh, I love it. That's I, fantastic. I, interesting you guys are talking about the violence and it's still cartoonish in a way, but it's much more realistically executed than what we saw in Kill Bill. Mm. Yes. In, in those series, it was way over the top, almost, you know, that um, anime style of, like, ridiculous violence. Right. Mm -hmm. Here, it's still ridiculous, and the blood count, the, the gallons of blood oh, in this yeah. movie. I mean, are, the geysers of oh, blood at the end. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's huge, but it all looks like, yeah, I could see a large caliber, you know, bullet of the times blowing a guy's head apart like right. that. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's... I guess gratuitous, but at the same time, it's still like, yeah, they they deserve that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I think yeah. part of it is from Kill Bill, you know, there was the, like, flourishes of the movie fighting with the um, rope effects where everyone got, like, the hidden Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon right. lift when they jumped yes. or whatever, compared to, you know, Waltz and even Django when they're using a firearm. Yeah, I know Django's got some pretty fast hands when he, like, um, unholsters his gun, shoots, and puts it down. But when they're really doing the violence, when they're really pulling the trigger, they're sitting there on a on a ridge, aiming for twenty seconds before they pull the trigger. Right. Yeah. And and that's more realistic, I think. And maybe that's why it's less cartoonish. That's a good point. Yeah. It, it's um, also interesting you bring that up. How quickly Django studies and and just kind of picks it up. And Christoph Waltz has the one line, "Oh, you're a natural," and like mm -hmm. that's it. We got it. The guy's just born to do this, and right. again, it's that right, tight right. exposition of what we need to know. Well, this you know a montage is always good for that. Yeah, true. <laughs> it's a yeah. great montage. Well, that, that scene when he's up on the on the ridge and he's got the guy in his sights and his son is helping this dude like plow a field. Yep. And that's right. that moral moment, right? So it's that he needs to get over this, right? And he needs to realize yeah. that that person is a bad person and and that's a bounty on him and everything, and right. he's just got to mm -hmm. get his hands dirty. And that, again, it's it's great character development. Because we see Django hesitates. Like, here's a white guy that did horrible things, and yep. he's got a chance to get some revenge, and he's hesitant. He doesn't know mm -hmm. if he should do it or right. not. And he needs Waltz to say, it's cool, man. You're right. Yeah. It's, it's great character progression, but it also makes a character who behaves in very brutal ways throughout the movie sympathetic. Mm -hmm. You know, like, if he just went whole hog right into slaughtering yeah. white people... Right. 
um, you know, we'd be like, oh, that's cool. And we'd be on board. But like we would also be like, you know, I mean, dude's kind of savage. Right. But those kind of early scenes do a yeah. lot of go a long way to being like, OK, he, he wouldn't choose to be this way, you know, and it makes him more sympathetic. He's right. he's doing what he has to do to get his wife back. It's all about, you know, getting his family. And, and right. that makes him way more of a, a character that you cheer for. Well, that's the other part of it, too. His motivation isn't revenge. His motivation is just right. to get his family back. Right. And right. Be with his wife. And that's right. it. Everything else is just secondary. To that. I love that aspect of it. Yeah. it it's very human. You know, it, it's not because um, it, it is a very. Uh, I don't know if political is the right word, but it's it's a it's a very moral movie that yeah, way. It is, but it it doesn't it, it avoids being overly preachy by making it really just a human story. This is a guy who lost his family and would do anything to get it back. Right. Yeah, and I I like the idea of when Christoph Waltz ties it to the Brunhilde story from Germany. Yeah. Um, because it it connects it to more of like a, a moral arc for everybody, exactly. not just a slave who Good is. Point. You know, fighting the Excellent. Yeah, ancient themes. Ancient yes, themes. exactly. Yeah. Um, also, I just love when um, Christoph Waltz said, you know, as a German, I am moral bound to help you get your yes. head back or whatever <laughs> yeah. he said. Uh, you know, it felt like, yeah, okay, he, he knows that right. this is something he as a human has to do, too. Yeah. Um, oh, just the, the way that it. Waltz carries the disdain he has for the culture that he emerges himself right. into or immerses mm-hmm. himself into in the South. And just, I love the scene when he buys Django, quote unquote, buys him. Yeah. And he's bargaining with the guy after he killed his brother in front of him. He goes, okay, so that'll be what, $150? Throws it at right. him. Throws him in his face, yeah. And just throws it in his face and then walks away with him. And he's got his brother's coat and all that. And then just like leaves the guy to get killed. It's just, right. mm-hmm. the whole thing is just his absolute complete distaste for what he's in the right. middle of. Which makes mm-hmm. him, I had I guess I hadn't thought about that before, but that makes him a great entry point for our, the audience. Because that's really us. We're looking back at this part of our history with this righteous condemnation. And that's a character that we would clearly relate to you know like this Mm -hmm. is a character wandering around amidst all this um not from the perspective of like the victimized Mm -hmm. just from the perspective of somebody who's like i disapprove like this is Mm -hmm. awful what are you guys doing it's weird too and and i guess the irony might not be intentional but it's a german character right and i mean we just (laughs) went from the glorious Uh, bastards to this great point and i wonder did he do that, make him a German character because he wanted Waltz so bad for the part and it was easy for him to carry it? But Waltz can do any European, really. I mean, he could have been French. He could have been any number of things. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder, like, what is the intention there? Like, oh, the enlightened German is disdain for racism, but it's like, eh, is it a little bit of like a, not all Germans are bad. I don't, I don't know. Super Going interesting back. point. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're right. After Inglorious Bastards to go to this, and now he's the German who's on the side of moral rights and mm-hmm. love and compassion. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that's really interesting. Yeah. Well, he is, but then at the same time, there's that scene when he really first talks to Django in the bar, mm. when we really see, okay, he's a he's a, a full-on bounty hunter oh, here, yeah. um, where he's like, while I don't like slavery, I do find it to my advantage that yes. something like, I you can't help but help me if right now. If you're in a position like not that. to refuse, yeah. all the better. All something the better. like that, he says, yeah. Something he's like an opportunist. That. He says, quoting absolutely. the exact line. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and, and, and you know, they do a nice job of that. He's on, in terms of his views, he's on the side of moral right. Mm-hmm. But he's also, like you were talking about in that scene on the Hill, he's very clear mm-hmm. about, like, hey, I mean, in order to get the job done, you might have to, you know, get some dirt on or some blood on your yeah. hands. Well, you know? he, he evolves, too. He evolves through his contact with Django. And I don't mm-hmm. know if he would have 
shot the slave master there at the end had he not had all that time with Django as right. his closest confidant and friend for a long time. He might have, you know, been more opportunistic and just left and left it at that and just said, oh, guy's an asshole. Great point. Mm-hmm. But here he's like, no, I'm going to take the high ground. This guy deserves to die. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because that's exactly what he says, right? He turns around mm-hmm. and he says, I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself, you yeah. know? And so it's like, you know, he, he felt compelled. Yep. So we've already kind of walked up to the bar scene, which I really underestimated Walt's character in, like, his planning. Because I just figured he was going to, like, had already pre-planted bombs or something like yeah. that in some sort of, like, typical spaghetti western right, thing. Right. I forgot I was watching a Tarantino film when he walks out and he's like, Everybody calm down. Right. <laughs> Everybody calm down. You're, you're fine, Sheriff, or whoever it was. You know, you thought you had. Here, I've got this bounty, all this stuff. I'm like... May I reach into my pocket and yes. take out yes. my, my writ? <laughs> which, which is a really interesting moment when you're, you know, in 2023, when we've seen, you know, other people in the media uh, or on citizen journalism get shot and killed for doing the same thing. Absolutely. Now, of course, this is on film, so it's, you know, what it is, but... Right. Uh, and, that was a super interesting moment. In that context that you just mentioned, that feels completely deliberate. Like, may I reach into my pocket before you gum me down, lawman? Oh, you know, yeah. like that kind of thing. Like, right. I, I totally see the parallels of that. Well, in 2012, though, I think it predated some of the no, high no, profiles, I don't think so. didn't it? Who I am think I? there was. Um, I mean, that was that would have been post Trayvon Martin. That yeah, would have been okay. the gentleman in New York that was gunned down when he was yes. trying to get his wallet out and yeah, showing yep. him an ID, who's from Africa, okay. and I don't remember his name, but this what the six New York police officers shot him down. Yeah, yeah. well, and 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 I, you know, this is another thing I guess I hadn't thought about, but I think you guys are making a great point. Um, it was not this movie; it was the next one, Hateful Eight. Um, Tarantino was actually that movie and Tarantino were boycotted by police unions because of remarks that he had made about mm. police violence. Mm. So, you know, I, I it had not occurred to me in the many times I've seen this movie, but I uh, I think that's there. I think there's support for that based on, on Tarantino's history. Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. Um, it's a great scene, though. I mean, I love the, the where he pours him the beers and he like uses the knife or whatever yeah. to get rid of the foam and pours Which more beer. Understood. Yeah. I think that's that's cool. And then he does that thing like, remember, get this sheriff, not the marshal. And then he shoots that guy. And then he's like, now you can get the yes. marshal. You know? yes. um, yeah, that's all planning. That's all great. And then he goes through this whole thing. You know, like you said, uh, you know, may I reach into my pocket? Now, this is a warrant. And as you know, it is against the law, as he's pointing to the thing to, yeah, to shoot an agent of a, whatever. Agent of the, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and then he concludes with, in other words, Marshall, you owe me two hundred dollars. It's such a fucking <laughs> yeah. badass scene. So good. Yeah. And right after that, don't you hear like click, 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 click as they yes. all put down their firearms? Because the sheriff or whatever level of police agency was like, I want six barrels there. I want six barrels there. Right, I yes. want four barrels there. So, like, every human in town is pointing right. at this. I mean, for, for God's sake, somebody get poor Bill out of the street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. There's very um, big blazing saddles overtones, too. Like, whenever oh, yeah. Django's, like, riding into town and they're all staring at yes. him. And they're like, well, they've never seen a man like you ride a horse before. And it's like, <laughs> oh, dude, this is like, he's definitely riffing on the same thing that Mel Brooks oh, hit, man. you know, way back then. But hold on while I whip this out. Yes. <laughs> oh. it's, yeah. It's funny the way he plays it off. And it's got that, like, seriousness to it, but it's also. Like, look at how ridiculous this is, people. Like, the right. guy's riding oh, the yeah. horse, you know? Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, there's that, and then, you know, one of the things that really stood out to me a lot in this movie is the costuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The wardrobe. Yeah. Right. Everybody is just so damn fly. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, um, 
Uh, Waltz's character is always in like beautiful gray monotones, mm. like perfectly perfectly coordinated outfits. And Django's got that stunning blue thing he right. wears yes. to the first plantation. Right. <laughs> oh my god! Which is actually like, you know, I I love that touch because mm-hmm. he lets him pick out his own clothes. So right, this is the first time Django will have had the chance to do that in his in his whole life, right? So he comes out wearing that like ridiculously over the top ornate mm-hmm. blue thing. Yeah, and it was it's, like a French double breasted exactly with a right. white cravat. Light and an arrow. But like, yeah. Yeah. on one hand, right, it's got like the ruffles in the shirt yeah. and everything. So on one hand, it's hilarious. Like you're laughing. You're like, ah, that's what he picked. But on the other hand, it's also like incredibly sympathetic because you're like, oh man, like he never got to pick his clothes before. He doesn't yeah. know what people wear. He wants to look nice. He thinks this looks nice. He wants to impress, you know. So it's 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 like pathos while also being like hilarious. It's also mm-hmm. he's playing the part of the valet at that point too. True. So I wonder, you know, he said yes, you can pick out what you want, but I think there was also that like you're gonna play my servant, which was right. And they explained the complications with that. And didn't the the one slave uh, woman make the comment like, "Oh, is the kind of clothes you pick? You got to right. pick your clothes, something like that." And, right, right. Mm-hmm. But um, that whole that whole thing where he plays that uh, pl- that first plantation owner for a fool over money. Yeah, mm. big then, daddy. Oh, oh my gosh! I love that that scene where they come after him. Right, like that mm-hmm. is one of the best scenes in the whole movie. And I, I don't know if I'm skipping too much here, if we can get to it. But well, I mean, let's talk about the plantation first yeah. because there's another great scene in that movie. So that you know, they go through the whole thing. You know, this is my valet. My valet does not walk, and they're like, I think mm-hmm. we got off on the wrong foot. Let's mm-hmm. talk. And then as soon as he starts talking money, Big Daddy suddenly becomes friendly, and mm-hmm. um, you know, then you can see like his attempts to be like a, a, a businessman conflicting with his like. Sheer outright racism. Oh, at, you want me to treat at, like a white man? Right, exactly. No, I, I, didn't nope, say that. I did not yeah. say that. <laughs> yeah, the scene, it's like so, the front right. like balcony or whatever he's yes. walking yeah. down. Yes. And he's right. like, Do you remember Richard or right, whatever right. the guy's yeah. name is? That guy, and you're like clearly like, okay, this is either like a mixed a person with like a mixed family background right, right, or right. like somebody who may have been freed. Right. You, you don't know, and she's like Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, <laughs> big daddy. Yeah, exactly. So, but uh, it all culminates in that most excellent scene oh where my God. they do the uh, they do the flashback uh, to where he's like begging them to stop torturing his wife. They're whipping yeah. her, and uh, the guy that he's about to kill turns and's like, "I love the way you beg, boy." And so now he confronts him in the future, and once again he's sitting there quoting Bible verses while he whips another slave yeah, with right? Bible verses. Right. <laughs> pinned to his yes, outfit. Yes, yes, and I, that's another nice touch, by oh the my way, because he puts the bullet right through that. Yep. Um, I forgot but, about that. So he does that. He puts the bullet through, and there's that great spaghetti western music, and you see Django standing there, shoulders squared, arms out, right? He puts the bullet right through that Bible verse, and then he says, I love, I like the way you die, boy. Yes. And it is such a gratifying moment. Yes, you know? I've forgotten about that. You oh. can count to like a full ten seconds before that guy hits the ground. Right. So you're just like watching the life, and the realization that his life is over. Right. Yeah. Draining from his face. And the way, you know, he just gives, spits, turns that thing right back on him, the same words and everything. I remember being in the theater and like I, I probably had goosebumps and was giggling like an <laughs> idiot. I just thought that was so cool. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then that leads to the clan. Yes. And yeah. then, and then oh yes. my gosh. Yeah. What are the Jonah Hill? <laughs> yeah. All the people that show up in this thing, Jonah Hill's in this. It's I like, said the what same the thing. Fuck? Like a fucking mook in the middle of this right. movie? Where did this guy come from? But right. yeah, you get like the stampeding clansmen with their blazing torches. And they're all wearing uh, hoods. I, I guess they're proto-Klansmen, right? Yeah, it's before the clan, really, clan. yeah. But 
Um, they're right because they only have hoods and then the outfits. And then they, I don't get why they stop. I missed that. But then they start complaining because they, they can't see. see. That's yeah. why they stop. I can't see shit out of these. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sorry, but my wife said I'm all night making these things. Well, I ain't trying to get anybody's, you know, fingers right. or feathers that, ruffled that, up, and I'm, I'm pointing at a finger. next time that's, we. That is the best part is when that guy tries mm-hmm. to, like, you know, calm everybody down and play yes. Peacemaker. He's like, he goes, I think we all agree that the masks were a nice idea. <laughs> Could have been done better. So I suggest. <laughs> yep. So, so we good. doing this with masks on and masks off. <laughs> so good. Oh man, yeah. It, was, it went on for like yeah. it just kept going. It kept getting this better is, and better. And this better. is the Tarantino banter about something right. trivial but related that right, right. we're used to seeing. But it's it's almost more Mel Brooks than Tarantino, yes, even yes, you know, yeah. because it's just so. It's like a parody. It's slapstick. Yeah, it's it so silly. He took. He and saw it's his and He took it. He seized it. He's like, I gotta do this. <laughs> it is one it. of the best parts of the movie. Yeah. It is yeah. laugh out loud funny. It is great. And I. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, Sean. Oh, I'm probably I'm jumping to the part that. That's the end of the scene. I don't know if you're there. Oh, I was just going to say that um, I think it's one of the things, like you said, it's it's straight parody and slapstick, and that's what lets them get away with a lot of things. You know, the use of the N-word so much so in this much. movie. Oh, yeah. Like, I didn't, I knew what the movie was about again, but I didn't think about that aspect. Right. So I'm lucky that I was, like, watching it on my iPad with my AirPods in because... Yeah. You know, playing this in front of the kiddos is not going to work. Right. But yep. besides all the like violence and stuff, which they love cartoons and graphic novels and superhero films. So, like, they've seen, no, okay, nowhere near this, but like enough that they would not be freaked out by it. But right, then right. to hear the N word, which we've already talked about actually, yeah. would be like a whole conversation I'm not ready to have. That's yep. uh, that is an interesting thing because Tarantino has dealt with that in interviews and people have questioned him about it and that. Right. And it's, I think what it comes down to is he's not afraid to look at that part of our dirty history. Like, Agreed. If he yeah. didn't have it, it would feel weird. Right. Right. Yeah. It would be like this isn't authentic. Like these, right. they wouldn't have said this Negro over here oh or something. Exactly. Like, right. It would have. It, it's not right. And I think, you know, he's not afraid to say like, look, man, things sucked. Right. This is a big mm-hmm. part of it. Right. That was. And yeah, maybe he takes a little bit too many liberties with it at times. And again, yeah. I am not a black person, so I can't. Yeah. I true. cannot truly feel what it would be like to have that happen, you know, from that perspective and, and, to, and to have to absorb it. But I don't really feel like there's an ill intent. I don't no. think he's trying to get away with something right. and like, look how cool I am, you know? Well, and he does use that word in other movies freely. Right. And, and even in those movies, I don't object to it because, you know, Tarantino's point, I agree with. That's how these characters would talk. He's, right. he's not trying to like say every character doesn't have to say morally safe things. Right. He's saying this. This is all, you use the word authentic. He's trying to say this is what these characters would say. But if you wanted to object to him using that word, you would you would have a case to make for the other movies. Not in this one, man. If you want to yeah. represent slavery, honestly, then you have to represent the way they dehumanized yeah you know, uh, an entire, you know, race of people. They dehumanized them, and they did it through language as well as violence and oppression. You make a good Mm -hmm. point. Pulp Fiction, we could definitely make the argument that shouldn't have been there, like other things like that. But Especially Tarantino himself being the one to say it repeatedly. Yeah, that's the problem. Well... In, in yeah. my in my head canon though, I always think that Samuel L. Jackson would beat the shit out of him if he thought it was a problematic thing. So I agree. <laughs> so I would we'll imagine go, that. We'll go with I, that. I agree, and I, I don't quote me on this, but I believe Samuel L. Jackson has defended Tarantino on this point more than once. Uh, we could probably look it up, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I was gonna get to that point at the end of that scene though about like when you know we find that we cut to them 
like they've circled around the tooth yeah. the tooth fairy wagon there and they're mm-hmm. like you know they're like oh my god and they see like bodies there we know they're not there like, yeah no we know it's a setup yeah they're it's under a tree it's... on a hill and we're like oh we saw what happened when, when they took the money out of the tooth and threw something really quick but you could it's the checkout gun you know they put something explosive in there and then just to see it all unfold and then they chase down big daddy and right. or, and chase mm-hmm. him down but he you know, oh, you're going to miss him. Oh, he's right, getting right. away. Yeah. I got it. I yeah, got yeah. it. And then he, he takes his shot, and it's just, oh, such a great, like, just sequence of events right there. It feels amazing. so good to watch that. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And even though you know that it's going to blow up, it's not like they have a timer or a detonator. They're not, like, with the big old plunger going, boom. Yes. Right. He has to take the shot. Right. To set it off, right. which right. is impressive as fuck. Well, you said Chekhov's gun. You know, they, yeah. they do have those little moments throughout the movie that show that Django is a crack shot. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's one of them. He's shooting from 100 or more yards away, and he's got to hit the explosives, right. and then he's got to hit the guy as he's fleeing on his horse. Not only that, but that he also establishes that in movie canon that just shooting a stick of dynamite, it's going to blow up. Right, like I don't, yeah. I don't know how authentic of that of a reaction that really is. And, I don't believe it is. Yeah, I don't know. Mythbusters probably did it, but it's one of those where, well, you see him do it here, he can do it again, which is True. huge for the for the ending. So. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that scene is beautiful too because he shoots Big Daddy off the horse, yes. and there's the blood splatter on the horse. Yeah. You don't see the shot hit; mm-hmm. you see the body fall. It goes into that slow motion moving. gallop. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah, that was, that was lovely. And that, his typical slow motion moment, right? Like, he has a lot of those. That was a great one, just the way it all kind of came together. Right. Yeah. Speaking of horses, real quick before we move on, we skipped the fact that the horses are always named for Django and Christoph Waltz's character. They always get introduced. Oh. This is oh. this is my companion Django, and this is my horse. Oh, they always like do that the little horse, head Yeah, nod. the horse yeah. bows. Oh, yeah. My, one of my very first notes uh, on a post-it note was, good actor, that horse. Yes. <laughs> Did it right on cue. It's part of the character's disarming way of like getting mm-hmm. people to right. open up to him. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, them. that horse does like a whole dance sequence at the end of the movie. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's Great right. Point. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah, he's on, on that horse at the end when he does the whole thing and it's like impressing the wife and everything. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, cool. All right, now we can move forward. I just want to talk about this. <laughs> so is this where we get to the part where he starts to, he's doing the training thing and everything, and then it's like, we're going to go after your wife and find her? Yeah, that's when he, in the tree, they, is it in the tree where Django agrees? Like, I'll stay with you for the winter when yeah. the snow melts, we'll go and get my wife. And then you get the training montage, riding mm-hmm. through all the weather, right? all that good stuff, the beautiful countryside shots. Yes. Um, oh man. I mean, it's very, it's very John Ford esque. Some of yes. that, that mm-hmm. sequence is, is you know, it's, it's like watching an old nineteen fifties John Wayne movie directed by John Ford. With the wide shots, mm-hmm. with the mountains in the distance, um, the snow. I, I don't know if this is intentional, but it reminded me of um, uh, the Seekers. Is that the name of that movie? Uh, that's one of the most mm-hmm. famous John uh, Ford John Wayne collaborations. Um, I th- that might be the name of the movie, but it might not be. I'm forgetting it. But it's it's another one where John Wayne has to go, like, you know, he's on, uh, like, a quest to get back uh, uh, his niece. And, and there's these famous shots of him traveling through the West while snow is falling mm. and everything. Mm. So it reminded me a lot of that, that whole sequence. Well, it's clearly, like, he's, we've seen Tarantino's. Searchers. I'm sorry. The movie the was searchers. called the Searchers. Yes. The, um, you know, his love affair with exploitation 70s films with uh, Japanese films, with, you know, like, his various genres obviously formed him as a filmmaker in Westerns. There is no more quintessential American style of film yeah. than the Western. And then, I guess you could say Italian as well, but... 
The, yeah. Just the yeah. idea that that is like there is nothing else in literature or arts or film or anything that is more American than the Western. And I think that is interesting to see how much that plays a role in these later films. Yeah. You know, going back to uh, even some parts of, of Kill Bill 2, you see it. Absolutely. A little bit of Inglorious. There's like some moments that are very similar. But this one, obviously, he's going full into it. Full and then Hateful Eight yeah. is it is a Western. Right. Like, right. Yeah. I mean, we're getting to that in a little bit. But yeah. it's uh, it's interesting to see his his evolution of where he's paying his focus to it, like his homage, I guess, to what has come before him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so uh near the end of that we get the um snowman getting all sorts of glass bottles shot off of him, nose, yep. stick, yep. shoots his eyes out. <laughs> From the, he's doing the typical western like holster draw right, showdown. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got the cool lean back as he shoots mm-hmm. too, so he's got like his form on point style right. and aiming power wise. stance. Power stance, yeah. that's right. Yeah. And it's and it's all while I, I mean I will I will put it out there. I think this is in the conversation for greatest song of all time, Jim Croce's <laughs> I Got a Name is such a good fucking song. Well, and it it's perfect because Django is finding himself. Yeah. yeah. He's developing himself. Um, I was doing some research for this, and I actually um, found the fact that um, Tarantino's, what was it? Not the, not the sound designer, but the title of the person who, like, organizes the music when you're not doing an original score mm-hmm. actually so disliked the way that Tarantino worked in the past that he had to get a new person to work with him on the music for the movie because um, they were like he's so scattered he just I can't do this he doesn't pick like a theme and stick with it yeah well he doesn't and no <laughs> yeah because you go from Jim Croce to like right. you said there's like at least two or three rap songs and there's, yeah Yep. A, a few solid R&B hits Absolutely. here or there. Well, it's what feels good in that scene, right? Yeah. Like, ah, you know what? This yeah. feels like that. Yeah, let's do it. Why yeah. Not? Yeah. I mean, it's it's the same thing as, like, kids nowadays just playing whatever music because we have access to all the yeah. music at all times. Well, okay, right. but it works. Mm-hmm. Although, Hateful Eight definitely has, it's the last uh, Ennio Morricone uh, mm-hmm. score ever made, and it's yep. it's very cohesive, and I think it's beautiful. And I know you guys are, we're going to, we're going to, like, limit our discussion on that movie because it's kind of like it's okay honestly i loved it yeah i mean it i i when i say it's not one of his best that's not to say it's not a fantastic movie it is really good if it if if it was not tarantino when i saw that movie i'd be like who's the director of this this is fucking great you know okay well we'll get get we set the bar yeah he sets the bar pretty high so we've got the training montage. What's the next thing after that? Is it? Um, I think it's where they go after the Mandingo fighters, right? Is that? Uh, yeah, I think oh, they, they stop. They stop in the slave trading town. Yeah. They yeah. they look up where um, oh, shoot Broomhilda is. Mm-hmm. They find out she's been sold to John Candy. Right, Candyland. So Candyland. we get the whole background on how just that's the worst possible place. That's not. Yeah. That's the last place of all plantation you wanted her to go. And so now they got to figure out what they're going to do. And then they have to work to get their intro. They have to come up with their whole, like, who are our characters going to be? Right. And how are we going to approach this? And then they have to get their introduction to, to Candy. It's John Candy, right? Is that the, the first name? John Candy. I would have noticed that, I think. Oh, uh, I don't have the internet currently. Otherwise, I would tell you. I think it was Monsieur Candy is what they call him. Monsieur yeah. Le Candy. Yeah. No, but, well, I mean, we know he's a Francophile. I'll see if I can look it up. It's, it's uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there's that 
you know, it's that nice Tarantino touch again about movies, but instead of like films directly, like it was in *Inglorious Bastards*, about acting. Yeah. Because they have a, a minute or two conversation about keeping character, and you can keep that character. And Jamie Foxx says, "You want me to act like a black slave trader?" Right. You want me to like be the person who sells me? Yes. Essentially, and he's like, "Yes." And Jamie Foxx says, "That's like the lowest." Of all lows, you know that's lower than the house servant, right? Right, right. right. Which is foreshadowing Samuel L. Jackson's oh, character man. later. Yeah, it's a, it's a, just a, yeah. a fucking role, man. Yeah. Oh. And then he's like, "No, Kelvin, I want Candy. you Sorry, to play a black slave. I right. want you to play your black slave trader." Yeah. And then there's that tension the entire time they're in Candyland about Jamie Foxx going too far. Yeah. And trying to instigate and incite violence, and he always responds with, "No, I'm trying to interest him." Right, Meth- he's he, he's basically a method actor. Yeah, <laughs> but it works. Yeah, right? oh and it does. the scheme works brilliantly. Uh, but we've yeah. talked, uh, you know, because we get deep into this stuff on this cast, we've we've talked before about the monomyth, the hero's journey, and th- there's always the part where the character has to descend into hell, literally mm-hmm. or figuratively, in order to find themselves and emerge as the hero. True. And I think that's Django's version of this. He has to become the absolute worst version of himself yeah. uh, in order to you know, emerge on the other side, uh, heroically having achieved his goal. Well, he has to watch two black men beat the shit out of each other that to death. That was so hard to watch. That oh. is the oh hardest part of the movie, I think, Oh, and the, they suck the dog yeah. on the other guy. Yeah. He has to yeah. sit yeah. back That's and hard. watch. Yeah, that. there's yeah. a few hard parts. He does get his revenge on those guys later on. Yes, he does. Yeah. Yeah, this is like, you know, this is from, what's his name? I can't remember the guy's name, but he's like, he, when he lights them all up at the end, he's right. like, yeah. sends his regards or something yeah. like that, just blows yep. them all away. It's oh, great. Right. Yeah. But there's, he's got to endure all of these horrors. And then seeing his wife in that hole that they stuck the her hot in. Box. Speaking of yeah. oh. coming up from being underworld. Yeah, and yeah. he yeah. can't let it show. He can't have a reaction. Oh. He's just got to watch them do this to her and then talk about how they use her as a comfort whatever. Yeah. yeah. And just yeah. all the, the indignities right. that he has to bear Endure. just to get his moment. And, That's right. Oh, you're right. It's absolutely, it is <laughs> hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't even imagine what it took on Jamie Foxx's part to channel a character who was playing a part right but also had to like be that vile to people yeah knowing like that's how people treat and, it. well and even more so uh probably yeah, i mean because at least Django is is doing it for a purpose and emerges as the hero samuel L. jackson man like i, w- I mean, we'll get to that oh. we'll get to that but god to yeah. play that part well that must have yeah. been like a, a real the, test was this the beginning of the jamie fox like renaissance or was it right in the middle of it well, 2012 um, would have been around it for Well, he did Ray, he yeah. did Django, and he had his moments where it was like, a, man, this guy's got hit after right? hit after hit he after did, hit. Uh, he did a super underrated Michael Mann movie called Collateral with, um, uh, why am I blanking on, uh, Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah. And Tom Cruise plays a fucking bad guy. Yeah. I've never been a huge Tom Cruise fan. He is fucking amazing in this movie. You know Collateral. what? You hate the guy. He is a good actor. Oh, he is. Yeah. And, and this is the first time I think that movie, Collateral, I, I realized that. But anyways, you know, yeah. back to it. Um, so, you know, the, the, the Mandango fight. Yeah. So oh. hard to watch. Oh. And yet it makes me respect Tarantino so much more because, you know, it's one thing to know stuff intellectually. It's another thing to actually feel it in your heart, right? So we, mm. we all learned about the horrors of slavery when we were kids in social studies class, right? But, like, 
you know, it's one thing to know and be like, yeah, that's bad. And I'm morally opposed to that, right? It's another thing to actually have to look at it. Yeah. The, the yeah. dehumanization, the, the hate and the violence and the horror of it. And, and to feel in yourself, to be like, you know, I, I don't like looking at this. This is awful. Mm-hmm. And then to have that realization, like, oh, shit, this is what this was like. Absolutely. You know? And it's just even more uncomfortable watching DiCaprio. Again, an amazingly good performance, but just just reveling in it and yeah. just the mm-hmm. way that god his there are so many great performances in this movie yes christoph yeah. waltz incredible jamie fox incredible mm-hmm. samuel L. jackson that's something yeah. right like it's incredible <laughs> in its own way and then in dicaprio like he just he goes full-on like evil villain bond style right. in this. it's just mm-hmm. i didn't know the guy had it in him like it, uh, it, i i do think dicaprio is a fantastic actor i i think mm-hmm. that um I think he has more range than he's given credit for, which this I will demonstrates it for sure. I will bring up when, especially when we get to Once Upon a Time in America. But in this movie, I don't remember if it was him himself or if it was someone else speaking about him. Uh, Might have been Tarantino or another actor in the movie, uh, but I do remember hearing that you know he was very uncomfortable, you know, playing this role on oh, set. Yeah. You know, the man, the actor, yeah. Um, yeah. for obvious reasons. And yet, you know, like you said, he goes full-blown to quote once upon a time in america evil hamlet you know he is he is Mm -hmm. over the edge villain in this oh easily yeah dude i told you right and just and then you see it's break his arm and then gouge his eyes out yes oh Oh, god oh Oh, so hard to look at break his arm and then like choke him with his own broken arm or something like that i had trouble watching it's hard it's really hard. He does a good job of playing the gentleman southern slave owner, which yeah, is the worst oxymoron in our, his- right. in our history. Yeah. But right. he, that I, I think what sells his performance, and I think we can probably skip ahead a little bit to the part where yeah. they're having the dinner. And this is when Samuel Jackson's uh, head house slave character right. figures out exactly what's going on because he's super savvy. And he sees Django and the way he looks at Brunhilde, and he knows, ah, I got it. Immediately. Yeah. And then he pulls him aside and he explains to Candy that he's getting played. Right. And at that point, you see the character's character again. He breaks. Then he's like, all right. And he goes back into it. And that scene where he, I don't know how he cut himself. He cut himself on something like badly. Like he, he had that skull or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which and is his actual blood, by the way. Yes. He, he did cut really himself. cut himself. Oh, really? Yeah. Like he did not break. He not did not stop. It was all one take i think yeah yeah and he just went into it and he's smearing his own blood all over her face yeah he's mm-hmm. doing all that. it's like holy shit this is psychotic right 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 and i didn't know that fact until after i watched the movie so my first thought was did she know that it was his blood like how could you not be like absolutely repulsed I, he must moment. apologize to her even today when he sees her oh didn't, for didn't sure they have to watch, her medical bills yeah. for a little bit didn't they have to watch the online tutorials that we all have yeah, to watch at our yeah. More <laughs> yeah if it's wet and not yours don't touch it come on we get, that one get fired for that honestly Seriously. though it but it makes that like you, you those kinds of things like the Sidney Poitier from yeah. uh, Raising the Somebody breaks uh, the glass and actually yeah. cut himself but it kept yeah. going it's like yeah. you know what that's the kind of shit that's like these guys aren't acting anymore. Or, they are. They mm-hmm. are that character in that moment. Uh, why am I forgetting the actor's name? But Aragorn in Lord of the Rings, when he kicks uh, something and he breaks his toe, oh, you know the yeah, scene I'm talking yeah. about. Yes. And then he scream. He Viggo channels Mortensen. that pain. Yeah, yeah. Viggo Mortensen. Yeah, yeah. He channels that into that like anguished scream. 
Um, yeah. And he just keeps acting. There's a lot of moments when they threw a sword, it was a real sword at him, and he just ducked it and they kept it. Did you know that? Oh, yeah, yeah, the knife, wow. and he blocks it with his sword or whatever. Yeah, he, oh, that's yeah. right. He actually did yeah. it. It was like, that was legit. Like, he could have been seriously <laughs> wow. injured or killed. It's like, holy shit. Wow. Yeah. This is another one of those moments where DiCaprio right, yeah. just like, you know what? I'm going for it. Right. We're not going to call the medical team. I'm just going to mm-hmm. do it. Right. And I don't know if she knew. She must have known that, know. that wasn't supposed to be there. But he went crazy on it. He's got to be ad-libbing the blood and everything. Right. And she yeah. could see the look on her face. of like, oh, God, what's going on? Yeah. Like, but it was so yeah. authentic. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. oh. it had to be warmer than, like, oh, fake blood yeah. would have been. Right. They're yeah. not going to warm that to body temp. No, he, oh. And he plays it right through to the end because yeah. uh, Christoph Waltz agrees. And, uh, you know, he slams his hammer down and he's like, sold Ooh. to the whatever gentleman, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, he's he's uh, he is diabolical in that. And then it goes right back to the we're having white cake. Yes, yes. and there's like the woman's playing the harp, like yes. his creepy ass sister. Oh. I want to let's let's, so, let's yeah, back up for yeah, a little that bit he, here. Like kisses his sister oh, straight on the God. lips. That's and fucked. This is my. Oh. She's underrated sister. in this movie. Sister. I don't even know who that actress is. Uh, she's underrated in this movie because she's fucking terrifying in the. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. wait, I want to back up to uh, the scene where the Mandango fight happens. They first get introduced to him because there's a really cool. Scene where Django goes up to the bar and orders a drink, and you know, there's that's where he talks to that guy, and uh, you know, he's like, uh, the guy's like, Can you spell your name? and he's like, Django D G A N G O, and he's like, The D is silent, anyways. That guy is the guy who played Django in the original Django Spaghetti Western. Oh, no, Whoa. shit, that's awesome. Yeah, the one where he pulls uh, a coffin behind him, yeah, good job. and some of the music yeah. in this movie, by the way, is is from that movie. Oh, that was cool. written like that whole thing in the, that Django in yeah, the, beginning yeah, the beginning is from that movie. Well, I mean, again, it's Tarantino, if nothing else, is a film fan first, yes, before yeah. anything else, right? Yeah, that's cool. So, that there's the cool scene where they, they have like the caravan on the way back, and that really establishes how cold. Django's willing to get here because yeah. mm-hmm. that's the one where he's like running he's on the horse running alongside the poor slaves that are yeah. being they're being forced to walk and they're chained up and he's like you know let me tell you something I'm worse than any of these white men here don't let me catch you eyeballing me and like yeah. Yeah. that's when he really goes for broke on how he's gonna play this and um, yeah. there's the whole dog scene like you guys talked mm-hmm. about that's another really mm-hmm. hard scene to watch yeah, yeah. yeah. well and, you know it, it's so interesting because that was the guy who won the fight right no, he said or he didn't want to fight. It's Samson, that's it, right? That's Samson. Samson. Yeah, okay. that's the guy who tried to run away. Yeah, he okay. didn't want to fight so anymore. You... He's begging for his life, and right. then he yeah. just lets him go like that horrible way. That's who he says at the end. He's like, Samson sends his regards, whatever. Yeah. He blows them gotcha. all the fuck away. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. that creepy ass, what is this character? That woman that's like wearing like a bandana oh, yeah. mask. Like, who is she with all these like these dudes? Yeah. Like, what is going on? It's like some weird yeah. like, aesthetic and shit. And they always build, like, every scene you're like, oh, she's going to be somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, she's going to be like uh, someone he's going to have to defeat in combat or something. Mm-hmm. But she isn't. So, she's just the Boba Fett. So, right. yeah. <laughs> That's there a great was analogy. A, sub, a subplot with her oh. that got cut for time. Oh, okay. So I didn't see the like extended director's cut to see if it got restored or anything like that. I am going to buy whatever version. Apple will sell me in like the highest def, highest resolution yeah. possible. <laughs> Good on you. Uh, so I can just revel in it instead of on my 10.9 inch <laughs> iPad. I want to see it on my, you know, actual screen. Um, but yeah, I heard that um, in my research. So they never went into what it was. Okay, just that makes more sense then. Time. 
Yeah, because yeah, some of those, like you said, some of those camera angles and the distinctiveness of her face being yeah. covered by the mask, you think like, oh, she, all right, something's happening here. Yeah, yeah like she's the, the big bad guy. Right. She's the big bad end guy yeah. right. above um, Candy yeah, yeah, somehow yeah. or something. She's but. the Captain Phasma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's a good well, one. That's another, another good, another good yeah. yeah, Star Wars full of. Um, so anyways, and then that leads us up to the, the, the fantastic introduction to Samuel L. Jackson's character. Cause like they have like the dramatic music playing and yeah. he's in like signing some paperwork or something in the house. And when they finally show his face, like he's barely recognizable yeah, as Samuel so L. Jackson. Yeah. And, uh, you know, right from his first opening lines of dialogue, he is like simultaneously like a little funny, like some of the stuff uh-huh. he says, but like mostly just horrible and so disturbing. And, you know, I don't know that I've ever heard Samuel L. Jackson talk about what it was like to play that character, but man, that had to be tough. That, that, that is awful character. He's, to play. he's the caricature of the, he's like a black man playing in blackface, essentially. Yeah. I saw it. Yeah. Right? Like, tell me, Massa, how I'm supposed to interact with him. And it right. mimics the first plantation scene. Right. Right. Like, What's that black man doing on the horse? Well, you remember the yeah. Jimmy, for how, this is how you treat him. And there's the, all that dialogue where he's like, what are you talking about this guy over here yeah. on the horse? Yeah. Right. How am I supposed to, you coming up here, he's not going to go in and your daddy's going to roll over right, dead right, in his yeah. grave. Like, Wait, man, in the big house? Yeah, yeah exactly. He's going to sleep in the big house? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, and it's, it's such a testament to Samuel L. Jackson. Um, it's, it's easy to forget sometimes how good of an actor he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he... he you spend so much time talking about his his, his badass roles, you know what I mean? Um, but this is a role where he reminds you, like, he's actually a really good actor. Oh, yeah. And not in a way where you're like, oh, yeah, I'm enjoying watching him because it's so disturbing. But that's why it's, you know, that's that's why I say it's such good acting. I that, mean, he plays it so well. That character, I remember the first time I saw it, one of the things that stuck with me the most after seeing it was because it's like out of a movie full of disturbing things, that's one of the most disturbing yeah. things. It's yeah. like it, it. I don't know how it just makes you go, like cringe, the uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like holy shit, mm-hmm. he must have had to take a really hot long shower every day yeah. after playing that <laughs> yes. role. Yeah. Because my god, he had to immerse himself in the deepest of shit to do that. Right. Yeah. Well, oh, he, he is like the honest, to, honest to god character that Django is playing. He's the black man who sells out black men. Yes. Essentially, that's a great. Yeah, he's the legit version out. of what Django is pretending to be. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, in, you're right, in a way that was hard to watch, too. But, like, also, like, you want to awkwardly laugh, or at least I did, in the, like, the opening scene where right. he's, like, bringing Django and uh, Christoph Waltz in. Right. It, it doesn't get, like, ultra disturbing until we get to the point where it's like, oh, no, he's willing to do whatever it takes to keep his position and right, to keep yeah. his favor with the white people right, and all right. that. Like, he will sell out anybody, anywhere, anytime. Right. That's when you realize, okay, this isn't funny. This yeah. is this guy is dangerous in the worst right. way, and his death is interesting because I I really thought Tarantino would go for the gratuitous like we're gonna see him explode kind of a thing or whatever. No, they don't show him die. Right. He gets his legs shot out and everything, and it's like that's pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, right. but and Sim Hill of course plays it. He plays it so brilliantly. Right. But then when he blows the house up with the dynamite and everything, mm. you're like, oh man, it's like you. I expected to see it. Right. Yeah. There's no way he's walking out of that. Well, and he, he also gets off like a haunting line, and you know, as, yeah. as, as he's in his death screams, he's like, "Candyland will always be here," and it's like, you know, here we are in 2023, like you know, we still are dealing with the fallout of that era of our history. You know, that's still there. Mm-hmm. It's still woven into the fabric. The and, building's not there, but the right. legacy is right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, it's awful. Yeah. So yeah, so uh, uh, it's a really nice scene when uh, they they bring uh, Broomhilda up to the room, mm-hmm. and she's mm-hmm. you know she's obviously disturbed and freaked out, but she yeah. slowly starts to realize like he's on her side, and, yeah. and there's a nice thing happening. Christoph Waltz is is amazingly charming in that scene. You know, even the way he mm-hmm. greets him at the door, you know, like hello, ladies, and yeah, um, you know, all of that, and then the moment where like you know Django opens the door and she faints. That's like yeah. a very emotional Spills moment. Spills the entire like, glass yeah. of water. Right, right. And then faints. <laughs> and then, and, and, so it's a very emotional yeah. moment. And then Christoph Waltz immediately adds humor to it by being like, "You silver tongue dog." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's good. So that's all really cool. And, and then the sister. Yeah, that's the one I wanted to talk about. Oh my oh. god, she is creepy yeah. as shit, man. She has this yeah. blank stare in her face all the time, and this dumb smile plastered to yep. her face yep. all the time. And everything she says is so like it's like she's reading from a script. It's so mat. It's so mannered well, and like. Isn't that what a southern belle is supposed exactly. to be? Exactly, especially yeah. a widowed. She's but just like the wife. vapidness of it. There's okay. like this like really creepy aspect to her. I find the character so unsettling. I love when Christoph Waltz realizes that the ruse is up, but they're getting away with it and he's troubled by it. Right. And he's in that library and she's playing the harp. Like right. you mentioned, and he's like, can you please stop playing that? Right. And he basically like slams her hands off. Yes. And he's like, stop playing that. You right. can't, what was it? Uh, um, Please don't play Mozart or something like that. Or it was some German. Beethoven. Beethoven. Maybe, don't play yeah. Beethoven. Whatever. Right. And he forces yeah. her to stop. And I mean, that gets us to the point where I love, I love that part yeah. where they go to that, like, oh, this fine piece of vellum that they're writing in calligraphy and, and they're putting the wax seal on it and like everything's yep. official. Like it's happening. She's really free. Mm-hmm. Like he owns this paperwork and, and they signed it. She's free. And then the typical Tarantino, it's not over till I right. say it's over. We got to shake my hand. This mm-hmm. isn't a seal. This is not a deal sealed until you shake my hand. He said, I'm not going to shake your hand. Like, yeah. And they have that tension. And finally he goes, okay <laughs> yeah. he just goes in and right. you knew he had that thing well, yeah right? you knew what was gonna happen too oh, just from because yeah. he, he gets that like he's like you really want me to shake your hand yeah. leonardo mm-hmm. dicaprio like full diabolical like i insist yeah. and holds his hand well, out if you he's insist like, well, if you insist <laughs> <laughs> oh it's like sorry oh. i couldn't help myself yeah. and then he gets blown away yep. and this becomes yeah. a bloodbath oh yeah. yeah in an instant right and uh, again Django lighting the fucking place up, right. blowing mm-hmm. dudes away left and right, but then right. he gets in that impossible situation. Of course, it had to happen that way, right? right. So right. the way that develops is great, too, because first it's it's just a desperate shootout. There's no music. It's just gunshots, right? But then at a certain point, like, Django gets hold of some new guns, and yeah. then you get, like, the James Brown, like, dun 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 yep. and, and then Tupac comes in and raps a verse, and it's like, dude, it's oh, yeah. so fucking cool, and Django's just slaughtering oh, all these guys. He's using dead bodies. Yeah. They're not dead yet, but he's using right. yeah. shields, and every Me time too. a bullet hits, yeah, they yeah, wiggle yeah. And stuff. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking awesome. But you know he's not getting out of there, right? right. So, I mean, there's yeah. that hero's journey thing again. Like, the boon was achieved, but now there's, like, the new obstacle, the right. new return it's, journey. It's like a penultimate climax. Yep. Like, yeah, you thought they were there, but no, they're not. She's right. getting thrown right back into the, right. into the, like, the fuck den, whatever the hell they had her right. in that kind of hell. And he's getting sold to a coal mining outfit that, oh, God, unspeakable again. Like, right. the, the way Samuel Jackson delivers it, too, like, they're going to cut his balls off. Oh, yeah. And then it's like, no, nah, that's too good for you. You're right. going to get sold to this company, and they're going to work you until you die kind of a thing, right. and it's awful. Like, first of all, the uncomfortable cutting his balls off right. thing, which is terrible. Yeah. And then that whole opportunity, I guess, for an even worse punishment, but which perfectly delivers him from, you know, that 
that evil where he's right. able to get his way out of it because he everything he learned from Christoph Waltz. So I, mm-hmm. I forget I don't know that actor's name. The first one, the one who's going to cut his balls off, but he he's great in these movies too because he's in Hateful yes. Eight. Yeah, um, and oh, and he plays that? like an like one of those like Confederate like soldiers. Yes. He's the guy who's going to be the sheriff, the new sheriff or whatever. Um, Tim but the, Roth? The, no, no, that's not Tim Roth. Um, Tim Roth is in Hateful Eight, and he's yeah. great. He's the British hangman, but I forget the actor's name. But he's he's the one uh, who's like, "Oh, I'm I'm gonna go dancing in the moonlight with you." And Django's like, "You wanna hold my hand?" You know yeah, that cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, he's the one who's gonna cut his balls off, and then uh, and then Samuel L. Jackson comes in, and he, and this is one of his most like you know his, this is one of his best acting performances in this movie, which is full of them, um, because he does that whole thing where he's like. You know, they're talking about all the ways they can fuck with you, most of which involve, like, cutting off your pecker, you know? And he's like, you know, and I keep saying, that's not that bad. Like, the 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 slaves that we sell to LeQuint, is that the name of the mining Something company? Like, that, like yeah. the slaves that we sell to LeQuint got it worse than that. And he yeah. goes through that, like, two or three times. And then he's like, lo and behold, doesn't Miss Candy suddenly hit on the idea of selling you to LeQuint? Yep. You know, and it's like, and then they do that thing you just said, where he's like, you know, they don't take any sass. They cut your tongue out. They're real good at it, too. So yeah, you don't you bleed, bleed out. out. Yeah. 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 And that will be the story of Django. And then, of course, we get the Tarantino cameo. Yeah. And they're like Australian like, right, headhunters right. or yeah, whatever. Yeah, weird and, Australian. Oh, it's so weird. But then weird, the way yeah. he gets his way out of the situation, and then it's like, oh, is he actually going to take these guys back with him and use right. them as like back? No, he fucking blows them away. Right. Yeah, it's great. Right, right, and then and then uh, you know I I love the way that scene ends. I I I get like emotional at the way that scene ends every time because it's what happens. It's the way it's shot, the cinematography, combined with the music, which yeah. is John Legend singing. Um, uh, who did that to you? And it's this like you know this song of like this man who's on like a revenge mission uh, for something that was done to like a woman that he loves or something like that. Mm. That's the song. It's a great, great song. And then while that's happening, like Django's like getting his gun and like getting the bullets up, and then he like takes the saddle off the horse and like hops up on the yeah. back, and he goes over to uh, where the slaves are in that carriage, and he's like he's that cool line where he's like. Throw me up that dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then that one slave is, um, who is the actor? That guy died recently. He's in, the, the dude with the super intense eyes um, who wants to just absolutely kill Django the whole mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And then finally, as Django's riding away on the horse with the gun out on his side, you know, that guy finally feels like a moment of understanding, compassion for him. Uh, Michael, something around Is it the guy who's say, like, don't you dare give me that stink eye again? Is yeah, it, yeah, I think that. Um, but he's uh, he he was in The Wire, I think. He was in uh, Lovecraft Country a, a couple years ago, uh, and I think and I think he just died recently. Oh, I'd have to look mm. it up, but um, yeah, but he's uh, he's a great actor too. But yeah, the way that scene ends, I love that. Yeah, it, it just sets up the, the final piece, and like again, it's awesome how he just rides in. He has that moment where he he takes care of the guys who sucked or sick the dog on the dude, and then so he gets his revenge there. He gets that moment with the corpse of Christoph Waltz and mm-hmm. his character, and he's like, you know, thank you for everything, kind of a thing. And there's that moment, and then he just fucking lights the place up, destroys them all, saves his wife, saves the day. Yeah. And it's it makes you feel like, despite all the violence and the slaughter and everything, you feel like justice was served. This is the way it had to end. It feels great. If only more history could reflect that. You know, yeah. like that idea of the yeah. revisionism. Yeah. Michael K. Williams was the name of the actor. Uh, Twenty twenty one, he passed away. Yeah, but um, mm. but yeah, um, and and it's 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 cool too. I, I 
one of the things I love about that scene you're describing right there is that they've already had the cool shootouts, right? And they've already had the over-the-top violence and everything, so they don't overplay it. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. you understand at that point, like, Django has won. Yep. He caught him off guard, he's got him dead to rights, and he just gets off some cool one-liners as he kills them one at a time. You know? they're, yeah, they're coming back from the funeral for uh, you know, Monsieur Candy. Right. Hmm. You can see it around the door. Like, there's bloodstains still all over the house, yeah. which I think is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, nobody it's, liked him. Oh, it's awesome. But you can see the dynamite cord going over the door and everything. You're like, oh, what the hell is that doing there? Right. And you don't realize until the end. You're like, oh, shit, that's where you put the dynamite. Right. It, it's it's brilliant. Samuel L. Jackson singing, uh, you know, the, the by and by song, yeah. you know, the, like the, the dirge. Yep. And then uh, he comes out and he's like, y'all are going to be uh, joining Calvin Candy in the by and by a lot sooner than y'all think. <laughs> it's a cool line. And then he's like, uh, he's you know, he tells like the one um uh, the one lady, he's like, you know, say goodbye to Miss Candy. And she's like, bye, Miss Candy. And yeah. then he just shoots her. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, and she blows, like, like explodes through the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Like, great. at a ridiculous yeah. angle and, like, 20 feet. But it's still awesome. Yeah, it's great. And, yeah, all that stuff's cool. I love it. Samuel Jackson throws his cane down, and he's like, I count six shots. And Django's like, I count two guns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's awesome. Oh, oh That's so a, another stereotypical Western, right. you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I, you got to ask yourself one question. Do you feel lucky, punk? You know, like, because it's like, did, uh, do I have one bullet left or not? You know, that's that's a great point. Yeah. That is a classic Westernism. Well, is it, is it recommendation so, time? I think so. Yeah. Um, I already said I was going to buy it. Yeah. And I would buy multiple versions of it. <laughs> Sounds like you that's recommend fine. this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm, yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> yep. So just like Inglorious Bastards, when I saw this the first time, I was like, oh, my God, maybe this is the masterpiece. Maybe this is better than Pulp <laughs> Fiction. <laughs> But, you know, after, you know, after half a dozen watches, I was like, no, nah, I'm still going to give the edge to Pulp Fiction. Um, but, man, it is in the discussion. That and Inglorious wow. Bastards are, are up there with Pulp Fiction. And uh, I'm saying all this prior to our Once Upon a Time in Hollywood cast. Mm-hmm. Noted. Uh, Sean? I would say that if you're going to watch it, make sure you watch the edited for TV version. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to hear the N-word that many times. Yeah. Just you don't want the violence. You don't want the gratuitous mm-hmm. anything. You just watch the one that's on TBS. Yeah, and, so uh, instead you you get like you know instead of like <laughs> die fucker or whatever it's like die fridge lover. Yeah. <laughs> I actually sometimes really enjoy the made for TV shit. Yeah. Uh no, you're gonna edit that part out. Right? <laughs> well, I'll keep nope. that in. That's no, great. Fine. We, we love we love our flaws. They they give us personality. Yeah, that's right. Tell the sausage is made. Yeah. That's <laughs> all for us nerds. We are done for right now. But you heard us. We're gonna be talking. Uh, Hateful Eight is a bonus cast, and then Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as the next thing. And holy shit, you better save all of your drive time for us on that. <laughs> all right, that's it for us. Until then, cheers. 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 cheers.